The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Gregorio Cortez. And I'm Dude Two, a desperado, which is translated as a bold and reckless criminal. Yes, I was about right. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo! No, I'm, I'm Dude One Richard, and he's Joe. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I would gladly call you a desperado, which actually means that's just a lot of, that's a mouthful. The bold and can't. reckless criminal. <laughs> Joe Diddy Dan, the bold and reckless criminal. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it, th- that would be amusing um, to have. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, man with no name. Here comes the bold and reckless criminal that should be the next the title for my spec script uh write it down right now yes oh man uh anyway welcome to the show everybody this is the vibes that we put out and i i, I like it we just record we weren't even 110 percent sure we were going to record right now but we're recording we're here why not um on that note uh due to you bold and uh, reckless criminal, you. How are you doing? Oh, Gregorio. Well, <laughs> my old chum. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm as we're recording this. This is actually the Thursday before the day before Lord of the Rings episode, so I still got to put it together. The good news is the main audio is done, and main audio is done. The music's done. I'm actually amazed that the episode. I mean, obviously, like you know, just knocking on wood vigorously here, but um, it's it's gone a lot better than I thought because I mean, when you consider these three movies and like how long we can talk about some movies, I'm glad that it's a somewhat manageable <laughs> length. I think you know what if we'd have done that trilogy in like episode maybe 15, I think we would have been like. Shit, why is it four hours long? <laughs> yeah, but I think... I, 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 I'm proud of us, honestly, for getting it to be, like, two hours and whatever minutes it ends <laughs> up being. <laughs> It'll probably be shorter than any of the movies. Yes. This and is that's, true. you know what? Props. This is true. Um, I'm trying to think what else has been going on um, in my life. I talk, The other day I talked about For All Mankind and Shaft um, and Shaft's big score. I, Didn't you watch that Mad Bovine movie? The Mad Bovine? Uh, <laughs> the uh, p- pissed off uh, cow? <laughs> Agitated bison? Agitated bison. Listen, no, I was watching Raging Bull on 4K. Um, man, it's been a while since I've watched that movie. It's a great movie. Great movie. Not something I'm going to like rewatch all the time. Like, Goodfellas... Like, bad stuff happens in Goodfellas, but it's a movie you could probably put on just about any day of the week and have a good time with. Um, you know, 
there's some movies where it's like the subject, like this subject matter, Raging Bull, and the way it's presented, it is so it's hard to watch. Honestly, um, obviously, fantastic performances in that movie, of course. Um, you know, and just crazy to see Joe Pesci like <laughs> in 1980. <laughs> yeah like it's 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 just weird to see joe pesci not in like like it was weird to see joe pesci old too though like watching the irishman you're like wait a minute what it, it's sort of like <laughs> you the, aged it's there there's a spectrum like it's it's got to be like like joe pesci for us is just 90s like good fellas <laughs> good fellas home alone like, like if you change <laughs> if you change out of that spectrum i'm sorry lethal weapon any of the was well, I, I think he's in the second one is when he shows up in the Lethal Weapon movies. So he's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But either way, if he's if he's doesn't look like that Joe Pesci, then I don't accept it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, but it's a great movie. The disc Criterion put out is great. I mean, um, you know, it, it deserves nothing less than the best. Um, I might pick, try to pick up some other things for this sale. I just got to take a look at it. But yeah, so I watched, I rewatched that for the first time in like, a decade. Um, I watched this movie, House of Bamboo, which is a Samuel Fuller movie. Um, Robert Stack is in it. A um, couple. It, it's. I believe they say it was shot on location in Japan, which is kind of neat. Um, and it's kind of like a gangster noir, like noir movie in color. So it's got beautiful color photography, Technicolor, you know, and. Um, as my my letterbox review indicates it is an amusing uh, amusement park like climax like chase and uh, that was the reason why I watched it because when I was on the I watched this on Criterion channel and the thumbnail had this weird like spiral looking thing and I'm like what the hell is this I have to and, watch this and it didn't even tell you what it was till the end of the movie so it made you wait it, it made, made you... it, which I respect even though I didn't love the movie yeah. I thought it was okay but you know it was fine did it did it earn that so would you say it maybe earned maybe the yeah. ha- the ending. I didn't hate it, you know. Um, it there were some interesting uh, interesting things going on, some decent performances, um, in the movie. The only other thing that's really going on with me right now is uh, I'm really excited because NECA finally showed uh, re- announced a release date for that Dracula figure that they're doing because they're I they've, saw that they've been putting yeah. out the other monsters. I have Wolfman and um, Frankenstein's monster. And I want I want a Dracula to go with them, and it looks fantastic, uh, Dracula. So I'm excited to pick him up. But enough about my um, uh, reckless escapades. <laughs> How about you? Bold and recklessness. My bold reckless escapades. How about you, Gre- Gregorio? Uh, well, me and my wife, you know, <laughs> we love our kids, but they're not telling us everything. <laughs> <laughs> does one does one of your kids watch like a seemingly mindless television show yeah it's weird how'd you know that uh, I, don't know. I just knew nightcrawler was in it <laughs> oh my god um no i'm doing all right well you you were here for this but we had a bit of a a bit of a incident the other day yesterday <laughs> Folks, I kid you not. When this is my fa- this is my favorite like movie of twenty twenty two. So okay, it was kind of later in the day. We just had dinner, and my family and I we were watching um, Josh Gates, 
who's like an explorer guy on Discovery Channel that is on like Wednesdays during the summer. Um, and he was in Egypt. He was, you know, doing, he was going in tombs and stuff. It was pretty cool. And we're in the middle of watching this. And this was a two-parter, mind you. So like the first part we watched last week. And then for the second part, we're like, okay, what's he find? Because, you know, and I was, I was actually pretty curious. I was like, what's he going to find in these tombs? Like, is he going to find like artifacts, like mummies? He finds both actually. Mm. He finds mummies and he finds artifacts. Nice. Um, and I, I'm looking down and I see this quick blur rush behind the TV stand. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a mouse. There's a mouse. I saw a mouse. Mouse just went from there to there, just <laughs> bold and reckless style. <laughs> just went. <laughs> and my mother freaking out, though, just. She doesn't like mice. I mean, I don't like mice either, but she, she's she's probably the scaredest of everybody. And so from that point, it was literally like, okay, um, we need to we need to find this mouse. Um, my dad's still at this point very much like, is there a mouse? Like, I didn't even, I don't see what you're talking about. And I'm like, <laughs> he's behind the stand, I promise you. And so he goes over there and then it bursts out of the TV stand over into the corner of the room by the dog toys. <laughs> and then it bursts underneath the couch. And my mother's like, get it, get it, get it. Go oh God, get it, get it. <laughs> and we jump over to the other couch. My dad lifts up the, the couch we were sitting on and it shoots out from underneath the couch and then goes back under the couch. Oh my God. <laughs> and so that's when my mom jumps up. Cause that's when the first time she sees it, she goes, ah, <laughs> she she runs over to the stairs and stands she literally stays on the stairs i don't think she goes down down uh stairs the rest of the night i think she just stays on the stairs and then goes upstairs oh my gosh and then i called you and then you were you were there for the rest of the action it was this definitely is... exciting <laughs> and just like my dad like uh was like sticking a golf club underneath the couch just to see if he can get the mouse or this is all happening during a a, a, a a thunderstorm warning and like a potential tornado warning. And our basement had flooded because uh, a hose burst, which probably explains why a mouse decided, nah, because I think mice live in our garage. Mm. I'm pretty sure. So we ruined his house. So now he's like, well, I'm going to go freak you guys out a little bit. Oh my gosh. So that was what my whole Wednesday evening was like, was just navigating where this mouse went, potentially getting the mouse. Um, and then uh, my mother also, like, viciously grabbing my shoulder out of I, fear. I, I, saw, I, was, I was witness to that. <laughs> just like, okay, okay, you're, you're choking me now. You're choking me? Let go? Let go? <laughs> like, like, that's too much. Oh, my God. And, um... We never, uh, at this point, I can tell you, we have not caught the mouse yet. Mm. Um, but I can tell you that my dad apparently saw the mouse while he was going, while he was in the bathroom and like it was running behind the toilet. So, and he, he didn't say anything to myself or my mom because obviously he didn't want us to freak out or anything, but he said it was there. And so... It might be in the bathroom currently. I don't. I don't know where it is. But uh, as of this point, we we still have yet to catch the mouse. 
Well, I wish you the best of luck in your uh, mouse hunting escapades and hope that they are neither bold nor reckless. <laughs> well, I, they, they might be. <laughs> they might be. Get, you got to be careful, Gregorio. I worry about you sometimes. I, I am bold and reckless for my children. <laughs> what, kids? <laughs> I know you. <laughs> Carmen and Judy, my children. <laughs> All right, what what kind of drugs are you on if you think that you are the dad from Spy Kids? <laughs> well, I, I'm on uh, allergy medication. <laughs> oh, that explains everything. That's going to do it. And, and uh, I'm also on... Um, uh, I think that's it, actually. I think it's just the allergy okay. meds. Okay. They are drowsy, right. so... so. <laughs> Anything else been going on that's uh, exciting on your end? Not necessarily, no. It's mm. it's it's literally just, you know, I guess I'm excited to hear what's coming out of Comic-Con this weekend, because I know that's going on right now. Yeah. So, but all the, all the big stuff's going to happen on Saturday, so I'll be awake and just listen to that and then i'll be going to work and then just paying attention to that <laughs> like yeah. oh what's announced oh marvel uh, uh <laughs> what's this new fantasy thing what's this new sci-fi thing uh, uh. the funniest one i think and i don't ha- i don't hate this at all but like they're like henry cavill might talk about superman <laughs> <laughs> like listen I, 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 the only reason I think that's even gonna happen is because the Flash is piece of shit. They, they just, they just backed a dump truck of money on Henry Cavill's lawn. <laughs> like, please, we're so sorry. <laughs> Come back, please. Like, like, there's hashtag restore the Snyderverse, but then now because of this Flash debacle, it's hashtag restore our dignity. <laughs> we need something. All we have is Aquaman. <laughs> <sighs> Man, um, but yeah, no, it should be interesting. Um, with com- it should be more interesting because it feels like Mar. I mean, it feels like Marvel is back as far as like Comic Con because sometimes they do stuff at D twenty three, you know, and it feel it feels like it feels like sometimes like Comic Con has been kind of soft with certain things like with like announcements. I remember it used to be, a couple years ago it was like the big thing. To be in Hall H and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it's it feels like it's lost a little bit of its luster. I mean, it's probably because part, partly because of the pandemic. I, I think pa- partly, yeah. partly, but I but I also feel like too, like like you know, Marvel and some of the some of the other people are like, yeah, we'll just announce this, and, you know, do our own thing. Yeah, I mean, DC made their own like virtual convention, the Fandom, the Fandom. Yes, this so. Is true. And I, I, I don't know, because I guess they're going to be at Comic-Con, so I guess that's for all the announcements. I don't know. But I'm excited to see what's announced, nonetheless. Yeah. And if you are going to San, San Diego, um, have a good time. Be safe. Yes, for sure. Um, all right, so I think we should... Uh, this is one of our shorter, like, pre-things in recent memory. <laughs> <laughs> this Again, this is, this is one of the magics of doing weekly, because now it's like, well, we already told you guys what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> Well, this is this is a double feature that I feel like we uh, uh, you came up with relatively recently. Because, well, for the longest time, I've always said we should do an episode on this particular individual, and we've talked about. I don't know if we've ever talked directly about him. Maybe in the Star Wars episode, we might have mentioned him. 
I don't think we've actually talked about any of his movies yet. No, but he is uh, Robert Rodriguez is somebody that this is the sorry for spoiling. <laughs> we're talking about this. It's Robert Rodriguez. Bold, <laughs> me being bold and reckless. You um, desperado, you uh, desperado. Yes, but um, Robert Rodriguez is somebody I do have an incredible amount of respect for. Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like he's one of those. He's one of those filmmakers. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's one of those, like there's filmmakers who they spend like eight trillion dollars on a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez, I feel like is no is known for the complete opposite. The, his movies are not very expensive typically. Um, to put it in per- perspective, the, our first movie cost seven million. The first movie we're talking about this week cost seven million dollars to produce. Which you know, it's funny because. Um, I remember when that Alita Battle Angel came out, which yeah. is um, uh, one of his more recent movies before he started working with uh, John Favreau and all the Star Wars stuff he's been doing recently. Um, and I just thought, how crazy is it to see Robert Rodriguez, who's known for like these low budget, like you know, do it do it all himself kind of filmmaking? Like he writes, he produces, he makes the music, he directs, he does all of it really, and he's great at all of it really. Mm-hmm. To see him get James Cameron money <laughs> and make and make this movie, and you know what? It's a lot of fun. Like it's not perfect, but uh, I like Alita quite a bit. Um, you know, but he, he again, he's somebody who always like is some, who's about like solving problems creatively. You know, rather than just throwing throwing money at a problem. Yes. Um, you know, we'll talk about that some of that stuff with the our second feature. Um. But our, our our first feature is is interesting because we also also have to talk about another movie because this is technically <laughs> like the second part of a of a trilogy. But you could watch this one without having watched the the other one. Yes. So our first, what year did this come out? Before I say what it is, was a ninety five. I want to say off the top of my head as uh, yeah, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. So our first movie this week, our first of two uh, Robert Rodriguez films is none other than probably uh, what I would argue the quintessential, like, Robert Rodriguez film, Desperado. Bold and Reckless Criminal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> drive that joke into the ground. But um, So, th- as we said this was, like, the second part of, a, of, the, of his Mexico trilogy. I didn't, yes. We didn't say the trilogy name, but the Mexico trilogy, which the first movie in that is El Mariachi. Yes. El Mariachi... Uh, is it, it was an extremely low budget movie. Like the actual movie before it was bought up, cost. You want? Do you know what? The, how much it cost, Richard? Not off the top of my head. No. All right. So in perspective, Desperado cost seven million dollars. Okay, which that's not a lot of money to make a like a big movie. No. Okay, it's not a lot of money to make a movie, but this movie cost seven thousand dollars. $7,000 to make. Now, um, the studio that bought it because they wanted, they were like, ooh, this could be good. They paid $200,000 to make it, like, to put it on real film. Because they shot it on 16 millimeter or whatever mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was reading. And um, it's just crazy. And apparently the Guinness uh, Book of World Records said it is the least expensive movie to ever gross more than a million dollars. It grossed $2 million dollars. At the box office, and they were intending it for it to be like a direct-to-video kind of thing initially, but it 
was very successful. Um, and uh, that movie, El Mariachi, is in the National Film Register. I wanted to give that movie its due before we got into oh, for sure. Desperado. But El I, Mariachi, yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say, I think the biggest thing to take take away from it, too, is that I think this movie sort of proves that... Because one of the biggest, like, I think, pullbacks for people that want to get into film is uh, the idea that, you know... Because, yeah, film is a collaborative thing, so you so you got to have all these different departments, and it takes a lot of money to make a movie. But in truth, you can make an entire movie with whatever's in your pocket and yourself. Yes. Like, at most, you'll need actors. Yes. I mean, and, th- and I know people bring this up, too. Just because you can't... Just because you can make a movie doesn't mean you can make it look good. And, like, that's true. But yeah. I think Robert Rodriguez shows if you have, like, the creativity and the technical know-how to do something, you can you can make a movie. Yeah. You know, you can, you can make a movie. Um, and I was reading about, like, El Mariachi got in there because, like, it came out in 1992. Mm. Which it sort of was helped. Like, the independent movie scene was a big, was a big thing. Huge. In the 90s, especially. It yes. Was huge. Um, That's where people like Tarantino and Kevin Smith, That's a lot of those guys got their start from that scene. Um, I forgot the YouTube, I think of Royal Ocean Film Society, um, I think they're called. They did a great video about like low-budget movies talking about, they did a whole thing talking about El Mariachi and just problem-solving in general um, through editing and different techniques. But anyway... That movie was successful, so Robert Rodriguez, uh, a couple years later, got to make this movie. Boy, howdy. <sighs> uh, this movie... Desperado. <laughs> this movie's got everything in it. Like, like anything you could want from a movie, like violence, action, sex... Comedy. Comedy, um, chemistry, just... Ugh, like, like, he got, like, the best people to make this movie including himself (laughs) including himself yes exactly (laughs) including himself um so basically just to give you kind of a rundown of what desperado is about so we have antonio banderas our central character you know we love antonio banderas he's fantastic he's he's in our hall of fame without a doubt which we we actually legitimately have a hall of fame we're building up so (laughs) we might have to do that as like a video or something (laughs) like like just and the next slot for the honor of two dudes honor like like hall of fame is we'll just make little busts like in the football hall of fame Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> they look like Floop's uh, clay statue things. <laughs> oh my god. But um yeah, Antonio Banderas is El Mariachi in this film. And he's on a quest for revenge because this guy named Bucho um killed his wife. And so he te- he te- I I can't speak. He teams up with Steve Bucho. I was mixing up the words Steve and team. So it turned into steam. Uh, <laughs> Steve Buscemi. He teams up with him. And uh, basically Steve Steve Buscemi is his hype man. So like the, the opening scene, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, he walks into a bar and he's in Mexico and he's like the whitest dude <laughs> in the entire room. Like his character in Mystery Train. <laughs> Very white. <laughs> so incredibly white. 
and uh, he's he's got Cheech Marin, who's a regular in Robert Rodriguez's films, um, as the bartender. And he's telling the story about this big, scary guy who lives in the shadows, who goes into this bar and just blows the place to pieces. You know, all these guys are coming at him and he's just, he's blowing them away. He's got these like giant guns and he stores them all. So this is very specific detail. He has all these weapons stored inside of a guitar case. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, he he basically is like looking for someone and all these guys in this bar are like freaking out the more he's telling the story especially and i love the way he does it too because he's like now at this bar there was real scum not class acts like at this place but at this bar real piece of work you know no i i love it when he's just like you know they they, they have pretty good beer not as good as here <laughs> not as good as this though <laughs> or like when he sees a reaction he's like i think they said that the, the name he said was like bitch or botch and then cheech Marin's like bucho yeah that's right bucho <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for bucho that that scene that whole scene i mean there's so many great scenes but that that is definitely a big highlight for this movie and it really it just sets things up so well but the, one of the best things is the neon sign <laughs> the client is always wrong yes. I, I live by that motto <laughs> if you come into my work and you see me just so you know <laughs> you're wrong um but but also we also need to mention they shot his hand too. I know the lover <laughs> yeah. is the big thing, but he shot his hand. He shot his hand. That's why he can't play the guitar anymore. Yes. Uh but then when we the what I what I love though is like they kind of build it up like he's this big mysterious guy. And he's really good at like fighting, obviously, and, and shooting with guns and whatnot. But he's also just kinda like normal in a weird way. Like, it's Antonio Banderas, yeah. so it's, like, not really that normal, because he's just oozing with sex appeal. He's just, like, a like an incredibly attractive human being walking down, like, these, <laughs> like, streets. <laughs> it's, like, I love, like, when he, when, when he actually does end up going to that bar, and he's just, like, I'm just looking for work. It's my guitar. That's it. Just my guitar. And then it just opens up. They're, like, oh, it is him. It's, like, okay. Okay, it is me. It's me. Okay. But, but, but... <laughs> Like, he doesn't want to kill anybody. Like, listen. <laughs> he doesn't want to actually, like, blow anyone away. But then he just pulls out two pistols from his sleeve like a freaking magician. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene is great, too. Uh, then the, the, the best part, though, is when he shoots the ceiling fan off. And it crashes mm -hmm. on the guy. And he looks over and just goes... <laughs> yeah, it just slaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sound effect for you. I mean, I mean, also the sound effects are great in, in this movie. <laughs> oh, well. my God. Like, the, the sound choices, like, just when he uh, pours out a beer and it makes, like, a burping noise. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I also got to mention, too, obviously, Robert Rodriguez has his name all over the place on this movie. Um, got to mention Guillermo Navarro. Guillermo Navarro. Um, uh, he's... he's uh, cinematographer on a lot of his movies but he also does a lot of movies for another one of our favorites Mr. Guillermo del Toro yes 
Yes. And he won an Oscar for uh, his work on Pan's Labyrinth. As he should. Yes, as he should. Um, this mo- it's a good, it's a great looking movie, honestly. Like there's some beautiful looking, uh, beautiful looking shots in this. I love the shot. This one of my favorite like scenes in the movie is like after that fight you just mentioned, and Antonio Banderas is walking out of the bar, and you see like those pot, like the different like, um, like you go goes through the the streets, and you see like the the really colorful like ponchos and things, and the other dude is, is like following him. him. Yes. Uh, and that also introduces uh, uh, another great character in that scene, um, uh, Carolina, played by, and I believe her first role, if I, or at least her first English language role. Th- this was um, credited as like a, a breakout role for um, Sama Hayek. Yes. Oh. Oh. Like, it, it needs to be stated that when you get Antonio Banderas and Sama Hayek, You've literally put the two sexiest people in existence ever, period, the end, as the leads in your film. It's fantastic. An unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And you're like, I, I love it. I love it. This is, like, have them be the leads in every movie. Like, I don't care what it is. It's like, we were talking about Raging Bull. It could be, instead of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro, just Al Pacino and, and Salma Hayek. Oh my god. Al Pacino. Oh. Antonio Banderas. Never mind. I was going to say, that, that'd be a fun movie. That would actually be a... Actually, I think Raging Bull would be like a little more, more tolerable. If it was Al Pacino. But it's like a great, it'd be a great movie, but I'd be able to more easily watch it more frequently because I'd be like, hoo I'm a boxer! <laughs> I'm the boss! hoo <laughs> You come at me, I'll punch you in the face! hoo <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, no, but uh, but also I think it's nice too because she, she owns a bookstore. It's like, ooh, like nice. It's, it's a books, it's a bookstore. It's like, there's something that this, this this town needs, you know, and obviously the our drug lord, our, our, our wannabe drug lord guy is just like, you shouldn't have one of these. You shouldn't you know, have I, one I of those. It's like a nice symbolic, like, oh, we don't want people to read. <laughs> so you know what we're going to do? We're going to sell drugs out of it. Yes. Because I'm butcher. <laughs> I am Bucho. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but I just think, imagine throughout the whole movie, he just goes, I want this to happen. You know why? Because I'm Bucho. <laughs> oh my gosh. But what I love, uh, what I love about this, obviously there's a lot, like, there are like comedic scenes and serious scenes, but also like our villain, um, who seems like a guy who isn't like a cartoon character, but like some, like his, some of his people are, are either incompetent or just like... <laughs> they're in many ways minions (laughs) they really are just just minions i think about that one goofy dude with the mustache like the (laughs) The, 10 gallon hat the the, like texan yes the texan (laughs) Um, he pops out of the sunroof like hey it's bulletproof (laughs) and then he shoots it no we're going to (laughs) we're going to use this car i this is why i bought it (laughs) and he gets i like when he just gets so mad so like like he'll just start shoot like like there's a guy in town you don't notice you just shoot him <laughs> what's so hard about that and he, oh yeah he, he demonstrates it he's like oh look that guy i don't know that guy he has a gun i'm gonna shoot him 
<laughs> that is the text and like <gasps> no see one of my favorite things is the fact that he did not get the number for his car phone <laughs> who has the number for my fucking car phone everyone's like oh well <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah he's i like how him like both bucho and uh el mariachi have the like these this built-up legend and then when we meet them they're just kind of like normal <laughs> it's just like they're guys they're just dudes that's all they are it's just like just just one of them is it ha- has like this dr- wants to be this drug guy you know and then the other just had these this really shitty thing happen to him so now he's dedicated to revenge oh my god and i i love um whenever he uh has to get surgery done by salma hayek so like he's like sitting on he's like laying on the the counter or whatever and she's like just mm-hmm. pulling the bullet out of his arm it's like how do you know how to do that books are good okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah their their dynamic um is a lot of fun um i love i love the running my favorite thing is the running thing when he's about to whenever he's about to leave he's like uh did I thank you? No, I will. Yes, and then it, you just see a nice, like, sexy guitar. Just um, I do want to mention uh, real quick. I don't know. Do you remember when Salma Hayek was talking about um her sex scene? Not not that I want to talk about like sex scene specifically. I, do you remember I, that? I do remember because like there was like an interview she was doing and she was talking about um that scene particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, like, she doesn't, like, she, um, I think she was talking about how, like, incredibly, like, nervous she was, um, but she was saying, emphasized that Robert Rodriguez and Antonio Banderas were very professional about it, and they were, like, good. It's just, like, I think for her, at that point in her career, she's just like, what the fuck, which I can't, like, what, like, like, you know, so they had it, yeah. Yeah, no, you go ahead, go ahead. no, no, but um, as I, I I forgot. I remember I was just watching because I was looking up videos about Desperado, but I remembered that coming up a few years ago and thinking, oh gosh, is this going to be like, yeah, like, like are, are, was like, there going to be like some like unfortunate you know set story like because I remember like almost almost around the exact same time, Tandy Newton had come out about uh, not a sex scene but like a scene when she was doing Mission Impossible Two. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I do. and like. Tom Cruise was just kind of, like, yelling at her or something, or he was just getting really frustrated. Yeah. Like, they're laying on top of each other, because, like, I, I, I think it's, maybe it's the scene when they're in the bathtub, and they're hiding from the the, the people, and they're literally laying on top of each other, and right. it's, like, it's, it's weird to watch that movie now, because you're just, like, you know, when you know that. It's like watching um, uh, The Rock in any of the Fast and Furious movies, because you're clearly, mm-hmm. like, he clearly does not want to be here. <laughs> with with yeah. the diesel um yeah that's that's true but you know I, and that, that was one of those cases where i'm glad that like things weren't it wasn't like a it was just like yeah that that sucks and you know i i hate that she had that experience but yeah. I'm, but i'm glad that she wasn't like mistreat like she wasn't mistreated by by those guys as no. far as what she has said and all that which is nice and then, and, um, and then, like they became like all because obviously even to this day she still works with Antonio Banderas. Oh yeah, yeah. No, like like she absolutely. like they just did the the 
she's she's in the sequel to the hitman's bodyguard or whatever oh yeah because she's the wife she's the hitman's bodyguard's (laughs) wife and then antonio banderas is in that one i think oh my god i gotta watch that now (laughs) (laughs) like um i actually remember like i guess they were doing an interview or whatever on like graham norton and just Mm -hmm. like they were just like sit next to each other like close as can be it's like clearly these two like because we talk about like on-screen duos all the time and this is probably one of the most iconic it's just antonio banderas and salma hayek and i mean they've only done so many movies together but from what it seems like all of those movies are fantastic what are more fantastic with them in it i mean um i mean this is animated but think about puss in boots yeah uh we talked about that not that long ago obviously um but they're fantastic and you know it's just like whenever they're together they've like um the back the back and forth like i think when they're like escaping like towards this is like towards the end of the movie and they have to go to the rooftop Mm -hmm. you know and um like antonio banderas uh, you know el maria he has he realizes certain things uh you know and she's like come on he's right there what are you doing just just shoot him uh but you know what he realizes he realizes that bucho the other regular guy in this scenario (laughs) just so happens to be his brother and that's such a weird like his brother (gasps) like what like it just it's just so strange that so that out of nowhere they're just like let's just what if what if that's like his brother like his brother was the one that did it what oh but you know what actually there's one person i do want to talk about and we will talk about him again yes in the second half but um this sort of feels like a prototype for a lot of characters he would play later especially under robert rodriguez and um, that is none other than the legend himself, Mr. Danny Trejo. He he's, he has a small but like really memorable part in this movie. Yeah. So like, and it's kind of and, and it's really funny like the way it plays out because it's just like it's like wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Yeah. So like his character is this like silent hitman type. But he looks badass. He's got this leather vest. He's got no undershirt on. He has this, like, almost waistcoat or, like, a cummerbund-looking thing. And it's got all these, like, not, like, daggers throwing knives in it that look like crosses. He doesn't really, he doesn't say a word, I think, in the entire thing, except for, like, I think he says, like, got it or something. I don't remember. Because he's, like, Mm. on the phone or whatever. And I even, like... The physical presence of him is, so memorable. I even, like, when he dials the numbers with the knife, I'm like, that's sanitary. (laughs) <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> so basically um he's on the he's on the hunt for uh basically the the mysterious man with the guitar case full of guns like everybody else is yeah um but bucho has no clue about this <laughs> and his superiors apparently hired hired him to to hunt for the same guy and so at one point when he finally like tries to go after El Mariachi, that's when <laughs> that's when all of Bucho's guys show up and this and their bulletproof limo. And then he it's literally just becomes a fight between them. And then Which like, that was a lot of fun. That was so fun. And it and they do the they, they repeat the the great scene in I think Machete uh, Machete 
when uh, he throws stuff through the sunroof, mm-hmm. to, like at the guys. Um, yeah. But I, but I love after the fact when they take uh, after they've killed Danny Trejo, they take his dead body back to the to the house, and he's like, "What does he look like? <laughs> he's got a big tattoo on his chest with a woman on it." Okay, <laughs> um, and he uses throwing knives. Okay, we'll stay out of his way. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Like that's great. It's like it's, he, it's he sucks like, at his job as much as <laughs> Mariachi sucks at, at getting revenge. It's like it's like almost like a, like an action comedy when you really like boil it down, which is weird because when because like, this was like really my first time like seeing this thing in its entirety. Mm-hmm. You're used to like sit like Selma Hayek and like Antonio Banderas like walking away from an explosion or like some of the gunplay or like the post. I think about the poster where it's it's Antonio Banderas like holding the gun. Yeah, get against his face, and I'm like, "Oh, this is—it's got to be some serious shit." And it's like, like the the the, the, the head villain <laughs> is having a lot of problems with his henchmen. <laughs> it's 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 just a it's it's a really silly movie in the best possible way. Um, like, but I care about the characters though. That yes. ultimately, like, I care about what's going on. I want El Mariachi to make it out. I want the guitar play. I want Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek to be okay. You know, I want the little boy, the boy to be okay. Yeah. That's in this the, movie. The, yeah. There's a little boy who like works as a drug mule in the movie yeah. and Antonio Banderas finds out and then like tells him to stop doing it and keep practicing. Play that guitar. Loosen those fingers. I, yes. I, I, I can't sound like an acoustic guitar but there you go it's, it's okay you're trying, you're trying. <laughs> but uh that was the saddest thing too because like there was the big gunfight a really cool gunfight at the end of the movie but then but at what cost at what cost yeah because the little kid gets hit and we don't even ever find out if we don't find out if the kid makes it we just know the kid like is like he's in the hospital yeah you know um yeah but, but, and that's that's yeah. rough you know but i mean i like to assume the kid ends up okay i'd like to hope you know i i don't think but it's still it's still you know it's like you know the cost of these things going on you know like this this vendetta and also like these drug these drug dealings and stuff like leads it's, to that it's literally a movie about the the price you pay to live specific lives mm-hmm. you know like in the case of bucho the, the the one brother the older brother i believe it's i i like how antonio banderas is the younger brother in both of these movies but that's just that's you know neither here nor there it, it, it's yeah it's it's amusing and it's also interesting too like the the brother dynamic in yeah. general is kind of especially even in, like a, a kid's movie which we're going to talk about in the second <laughs> half like there's like, something like it's like what what is really good what's going on here mr rodriguez you want to tell us something? <laughs> yeah, like, where did your sibling hurt you? <laughs> we could talk. It's fine. It's fine. Um, no, but, but I also too. Um, I, I okay. One of the funniest things is like Antonio Banderas. Like, I lost the closest thing I had to a brother, and then he has his two like his two buddies come in. <laughs> <laughs> the the rest of the band. And they have like souped up guitar cases. One is like a machine gun. The other is a rocket launcher. It's amazing. Hell yeah! It's but um but but uh sorry. Um, no, yeah. But yeah, so like you have these two guys, these two brothers, 
that uh, one is uh, trying to, he's living under a drug lord and trying to be a drug lord at the same time, but like he's struggling at it. And the other one's struggling to, to try to get revenge. And so again, the price of that is you, you either uh, lose the, the connection of your brother because you killed his wife or, you know, casual uh, collateral damage Mm-hmm. from revenge so like like the ultimately the message of the movie is make good life choices make good life choices own a bookstore be with sama hayek <laughs> own a bookstore <laughs> own a bookstore play oh, play guitar man. you know but i also i also like like the ending is also interesting too because obviously like antonio banderas and sama hayek like they get to they get to drive off and he leaves the guitar behind at first and then he's like, just in case. Which is amusing, but also, considering everything that we've seen in the movie before, is a sign that says, you can't leave your past entirely behind. No. You you live you live with your choices, mm-hmm. and you move on. With Salma like, Hayek. It's played off. It's, well, yes, that's a pretty good reward. Yeah. But, like, you know, it, it's, it's played off as like a, you know... Right, you know, another day. But it's also just like, oh man, oh boy, this like there's a little bit more at play going on with this movie than than we know. But uh, can we also talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino's? <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah, I forgot he was in the movie, and then I was like, oh yeah, there he is, <laughs> and. He has. I feel like he wrote his own scene. Like not not that Robert Rodriguez couldn't have written it because I pre- I'm pretty sure he could have. But it just feels I, it feels like, like it feels like Tarantino. Like Robert Rodriguez probably is like, okay, this is generally what I want. But Quentin, go for it. Like, just just go for it. We why yeah. not? <laughs> and I gotta say, he was perfectly cast for that character. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, his whole shtick is he's like he he comes in, he's doing business with Cheech Marin, and um, doing drug stuff. And while he's waiting to be verified, he tells this joke. And the joke is essentially uh, the bartender and this guy are having a conversation. The guy's like, "I bet you three hundred dollars that I can pee in this cup from this from like ten feet away and not spill a single drop." And the bartender's like, "All right, fine, I'll take that bet." And so then the guy, you know, he whips his thing. <laughs> like how he describes it. Like, he whips his thing out. He's thinking about the glass, thinking about the glass, thinking about his dick, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass. <laughs> and then he whips it and he pees on everything. He pees on the bar. He pees on the bartender. He's peeing on everything. And the guy, and the bartender's just laughing, having a good time. Like, ha, you stupid idiot. <laughs> you peed on everything but the glass. And so he's like, all right, give me a second. So he goes back and he goes to this like group of people in a bar. At the end of the at the end of the bar, playing pool or whatever I don't know what he specifies, and he comes back and he says, "Here's three hundred dollars." And the bartender's like, "Why are you so happy? I just I just took three hundred dollars from you." And he's like, "Well, I just bet those guys five hundred dollars a piece." <laughs> I like how he says that a piece that I could piss on you, I could piss on your bar, I could piss on everything, and not only would you not be uh, uh, mad about it, you'd be happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the joke. That's a very like Quentin Tarantino <laughs> moment. It really um, is. Uh, and he, and then he gets shot think. in the face. <laughs> he gets shot in the face. Um, but like that that 
gunfight in that in that bar is is a highlight. There's so many highlights um, in this movie. I do want to talk about like um, obviously I said this movie cost seven million to make. Yeah. Um, which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot to make a movie. To put in perspective, I know inflation's different. Whatever. Um, everything everywhere all at once cost twenty five million to make, and that's regarded as a low budget. You know, a lower budgeted movie. Yeah. When like Marvel movies cost like two hundred million dollars, right? And there's always um, that. There's especially on Twitter. There's always that conversation like, well, you know, this movie's two hundred million dollars and it looks like this, and here's like a yeah, here's like a thirty million dollar movie and it looks like that, and it looks like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much. There's a lot of different things you can get into, but this movie worldwide earned fifty eight million dollars. Now, and there are some people that I watch online that kind of poo-poo, like, movies earning a certain amount of money. And I'm like, listen, as long as you get your movie under a certain budget, at the end of the day, I don't care if my movie only grosses, like, X amount of dollars. As long as I'm making, like, like when you think about it, like, you know, seven times, eight, like, 50, like, they made, like, eight times their budget. They they that's, they came back with some, let's say that. Like, that's, re- that's really yeah. good. That's really good, guys. Like... It's insane, you know, or like, again, another movie I mentioned last week, Shaft. Shaft cost $500,000 to make. It made $12 million. And that's not counting the soundtrack sales, right? That's just the movie's box office. $12 million. Like, that's a win. You know, and again, I, I just think the, bo- the the money end of things is interesting, but not as interesting as the actual movie, because Desperado fucking slaps. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. I... I was I was genuinely excited because I remember so many times I'm like Joe we got to put Desperado on the show we got to talk about Desperado and like I think the first time I got it on Blu-ray I was sending you clips of it like I, am I, I did I send you the one where the guy's like you might have yeah I think so <laughs> the guy's getting slapped by the ceiling fan and then just yes and then just again because it's got not to repeat myself but it has everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, you got these two great leads that are both incredible in the movie. Salma Hayek's amazing. Um, Antonio Banderas is amazing. And together, they're perfection. Physically, emotionally, the whole nine yards. I love them both, and I want them in everything. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, the action scenes are great. And the, 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 the visuals, the camera work's fantastic. The music by Robert Rodriguez is also great and the fact because like he's that's one of his his three biggest passions are filmmaking music and cooking fun mm-hmm. fact so like if you ever go on a robert rodriguez uh blu-ray disc or i'm probably even fork any of the discs for his movies um sometimes he'll have a little uh 10 minute cooking show thing which is really cool or i also want to mention uh 10 10 minute film school mm-hmm. which is really how i was exposed to really like Robert Rodriguez like technique 10 minutes film school so basically like you know he'll focus on a specific mode of production so for Desperado I was watching it on YouTube and they were talking about like storyboarding and like like, choreography of like an action scene and trying to figure out camera placement and Robert Rodriguez has some like storyboarded like shots but like He'll, what he did was he t- had a video camera, and like back then, like video, like video. We're not talking like, you know, 8K mm-hmm. resolution. We're talking like, you know, found footage quality <laughs> stuff, right? But he used that to, and he had Antonio Banderas, like, and they were able to figure out like stunts that Antonio Banderas could do. So that way they wouldn't have to use a stunt double really for the scenes. And, um, 
you know, make it work. And they were talking about the scene at the bar, at the bar, you know, right. later on in, in the, in the film. Um, and also they had a great one for like, I'll talk about the spy kids one later, but like, well, I think it's a really great thing, honestly. You know, it's, you know, I love that he still applies that to his filmmaking process. I also think about how he staged Boba Fett's return in Mandalorian season two. Uh, do you remember, mm-hmm. do you remember him talking about that at all? No, I don't, I don't actually. So, so basically to sort of pitch Boba Fett's return when he first puts the suit back on, um, he shot the entire scene how he wanted it to look for Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau, but he used action figures and his kids. Okay, I remember that. Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, like he he shoots this whole this whole thing in his backyard um, with action figures and his kids for like the how he wants the opening scene for or that scene for Boba Fett's return, and he initially is like kind of like oh god. You know they're gonna they're gonna think I'm crazy or something. And the day flown, he's like, "Listen, you're in the right you're in the right uh, lane here. Like, yeah, you showed this to the exact right people." So, <laughs> and I, I honestly, that episode's one of my favorites. Um, it's so good. Honestly, it, it's it's a great episode, I think, and that seems I think really memorable. Um, and then he would do again, the he would go and make the whole Boba Fett show. You do the Boba Fett show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, Desperado, I think we both agree, is a great movie. Out, out, without a doubt, without a doubt, it's fantastic. Uh, it earns my high praise and recommendations, which doesn't mean much. It means a lot from a bold me. and reckless criminal. It means a lot to you, though, uh, my 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 boy uh, Gregorio. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna take a uh, brief, brief um, intermission. Um, Richard, yes. Before, I, I gotta, I have to check my drawer because I need to exchange currencies uh, real quick. My mom <laughs> left me uh, emergency international money in my drawer. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm gonna rehydrate some McDonald's. Ah, shit. Yeah, re- <laughs> rehydrate me a Big Mac. Dude. I got you. <laughs> All right. All right. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we were talking about a bold and reckless criminal, <laughs> a.k.a. Desperado. And now, listen, you know a true talent of a filmmaker when they can just jump genres, do all types of different things, and yet it's still fun, it's still great. And in the case of Rob Rodriguez, I mean, you know, 
you go through the list of his movies. You got Desperado, Sin City. You know, clearly he's great at making films that people like us can watch. But I think more, more notably, he's also known for his great kids movies. And he's got a lot of them. And to this day, I still hear about like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, for mm. example. Yeah. I still hear about Shark, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But for our generation, the quintessential Robert Rodriguez kids movie, and the first of three times, I'm going to just spoil this right now, we are talking about all three of them through a span of a bunch of episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the first one, and then we're going to go to the second and, and then the third yes. one. So, But we're not talking about the fourth one, I don't think, because there's four of them, isn't there? Yeah, and there's no, no disrespect to... Um... The people, you know, everybody behind that, you know, it's just, I, I might ch- check it out just to see it out of curiosity, but, yeah. you know, I think it's kind of like Pir- talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, For us, it's like the three. Like, just the three. it's the three. Yeah. That's the, you know, not to discredit there, again, not, it's just, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> long story short. Long story short. <laughs> we are. We are talking about, oh, you, please, the, I want you to do it. We are talking about. Um, my my co-host Gregorio's life story put on film. Yeah. Um, Spy Kids. Woo! Um, which I side note, I am glad. I know we were going to talk about the third one at some point, but I am glad Island of Lost Dreams is getting a mention because I think that's a really good sequel. That is actually a pretty yeah. It might. And actually- speaking of D- Steve Buscemi. <laughs> He's great in that movie. <laughs> Listen, that might be the best one. Even though 3D Game Over is my favorite, but that's like my favorite for like, like seemingly all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and then, uh, is it Bill Paxton's in the second one too? Isn't he? I think so. It, it's been a while. As like it's, Dink, yeah, this, something Dink, something like. <laughs> admittedly, it's been a while since I saw this. I've been, Same. Um, even though I loved the second one as a kid, I like I saw these first. The first two I definitely saw. I know you saw um, them in theaters. Yes, I saw. I've seen actually. I I was lucky enough to see all three in theaters. And the, the, seeing that third one in three D. Uh, listen, you think Avatar is a great three the, uh, D experience? You haven't seen. A great three D experience until you've watched Spy Kids three D. That, that's why I'm what I'm hoping that uh, how like I'm hoping that I see technical consultant Robert Rodriguez for Avatar: Way of Water <laughs> because I'm hoping that when I go to my IMAX screening, I am handed out like unironically blue and red three D glasses. Oh my god! And those those glasses were actually cool. Like they weren't just like the white, like it's like three D on it or something. It looked like the glasses from the movie. I have one. I have like because I had because it came with the, the the DVD, and I have them. Mm. Um, they're hanging off my Darth Vader's. Uh, I have a big Darth Vader. He's hanging off his lanyard. Uh, basically, <laughs> as it should, as it should. Um, but spy spy kids. This first movie. Um, like we we were talking about how like genre like directors change genre and stuff spielberg's made different kinds of movies and all that but to go from like desperado which is a very violent movie very funny but very violent very very adult very adult yes thank you very adult again violence nudity all the whole nine yards yes and then to go to something like spy kids and i go to it and i'm like this does not it's not a paycheck movie this feels like okay, this is a Robert Rodriguez kids movie, and it's I I feel like I'm not missing out on anything because it no. still feels like him. And it's I love the fact that 
pretty much every time he makes a kids movie, it's him going to his kids going, okay, what should I do? And I'm sure like the kids like, why don't you do like, like kids, but like they're spies and like their, their parents are like spies. I'm pretty sure like he, the kid just laid out the whole plot to him and he's like, I got gotcha. you. doing it. I hope he bumped up uh, his kid's allowance. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting a raise. That when when Antonio Banderas says that in the movie, I'm sure that was him talking to. His I kid. think that's. I'm sure that was like you know. It's like uh, in Jurassic Park when like Phil Tippett said, uh, you know, I'm out of a job. I'm extinct. And then they just throw it in <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, no, but like I, I actually was listening to a podcast talk about like. Um, kids movies in general like they were talking about shrek which is a movie we both enjoy and people talk mm-hmm. about how like there are kids movies people praise them because the whole family can watch them and while i don't think i while i think the whole family could watch spy kids i think it is a movie that feels like a kids movie and not i don't say that in a bad way either obviously we both enjoy this movie but it's definitely like i, I mean there are some things where like as an adult you can appreciate but like i feel like a kid made this movie in the best way. Like it's like all the crazy like, concepts. Sorry. Like listen. Listen, listen. I think what we're getting at is kids are as important as adults. Yeah. And kids deserve the entertainment cuz like people always talk about like complain like oh, you know, you always want to make a movie that you know, kids are going to go see with their parents cuz obviously the parents are going to be there like listen. Yeah, the parents have to be there. But doesn't mean you have to, you know, you're, you're not trying to cater to everybody. No, like... Like, you just, just let the kids have their own movie. Yeah. Let, let, let a kid have his own... That's why, like, yeah, you, you can, like you were saying, yeah, you can appreciate watching, like, Shrek or any kind of animated movie or, like, a kid's movie that also has something that an adult can appreciate. And, yeah, this movie does have that, but sometimes... It's okay to, that if, if if a movie is literally only made for a kid, like because I feel people some like sometimes they get offended if something isn't aimed at them specifically. Yes, specifically the the, the the selfish nature of the the home viewer. It's like, <laughs> and, and I think about this with like franchises where they're like this this feels silly, and I'm like, guys, did you not remember waking up watching a VHS tape of the Return of the Jedi with the freaking teddy bears? There's a te- teddy bears that overthrow the empire. You can this, like, <laughs> it's like this is why I appreciate when superhero movies don't forget where they came from. Yeah, like why I love Aquaman so much because I feel like Aquaman is as much for kids as it is for adults. Whereas, like, not to you know completely you know we say this a lot not to dog on a Marvel movie, but it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna talk on a Marvel movie, but like a lot of Marvel movies, they don't really feel like. Like they're trying so hard to please everybody, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's age appropriate, but also anyone could watch it. And it's like, where's the where's the boing? Where's the zonk? Where's the weird noises? Where's the colors? Yeah, like come on, like you know who this is. You know, like you know who this is really for. Mm. So, like steer the steer the wheel a little bit one way who's gonna who's that gonna hurt but what i also like about this movie too um you know again it's like a, a family reuniting movie where like the kids the kids have to save the parents their parents obviously we kind of said yeah are secret agents okay they find out their parents are secret agents and they have to you know use put they the team up and use their their the resources that they're given to them but also trying to think of stuff and save their parents 
And at the end of the movie, I, I know I'm jumping, but like at the end of the movie, the president's like, no, 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 we don't want your parents. We want the kids. We want you. And that's like, again, like kids, I think ki- like there's some like movies where it's like, oh, you know, the parents are right, you know, but like, it's like, wow, it's like kids need that like affirming, like, no, sometimes, sometimes you got this, buddy. Like, you know, I know people talk about like participation trophies and like, sometimes you need to say good job. Like kid. no kid left behind. Like, like, good job, kids. Like, seriously, like, you know, that's important. That shit's important. But, yeah, um, like, it's, I'm pretty sure if a kid does something right, it's nice to be like, hey, good on you. You know, you did that yourself. You didn't need anybody y- else. You know, um, but, we, like, saying that, I'm not going, like, like that covers the basic premise. It doesn't cover the, the, the zaniness of this thing, right? Because there are spies, <laughs> But then there's like a, like a really like a Danny Elfman Pee Wee's Playhouse um, like pseudo Tim Burton like atmosphere going on. Oh my! Like listen, so just okay. Basic premise, right? You got the kids, you got the parents. The parents have been spies for a long time, but they try to keep that a secret from the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids are more or less normal kids. With some, you know, differences maybe, and that's that's the one thing I connected with the most is that you know because I have a sister who's older than me who picked on me when I was younger, you know, like the whole shtick, like you know, called me names and stuff, like the whole nine yards. So I relate to Junie mm-hmm. quite a bit. Like Junie, got you, <laughs> you and I, your spirit animal. <laughs> that's my spirit animal. It's Junie Cortez. Uh, <laughs> so. Then um, shenanigans ensue, and the parents are kidnapped, so the kids have to save the parents. But they have to save the parents from Floop, who's uh, played by Alan Cumming in this movie. A um, lot of fun. Yes. Um, like it's hard, I'm hard pressed to find anyone else who would have done that role as well as he had. Like with not only with like the silliness, but also like the kind of charm. I mean, and like that's the a like hard, the kind of emotion, the the emotionality. That's a hard, the, the, that's a hard character to nail because when you're introduced, you're introduced to this guy. He's like he's got this zany cartoon, like this zany like crazy show, right? And um, floops fooglies. Like you think maybe he's the villain, but it's like no, he's being he's being manipulated, and you know he just wants he wants to make kids happy, and he just wants to make his show perfect for the kids. Yes, exactly. And it's such a weird, it is a strange, it's a fine motivation. It's a strange motivation, but you know what though? You know what though? It feels like real life because Floop is Robert Rodriguez trying to make the perfect thing for kids. Like, what should I do? He, you know what he does? He asks a child. Yes. So... Bringing real life into art, man. You gotta love it. Um, I'm thinking about this, too, though, and there's so many crazy... I think about his chair, the chair that he's got. <laughs> the, 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 the hand the, that's, like, got faces on it. The hands that got faces, the, the Skeksis-looking castle. <laughs> um, you know, of course, the, like, the thumb... Uh, the thumb-thumbs. The thumb-thumbs, of course. Like, wow. All thumbs. You know... <laughs> I, I love that, the, that at one point there is a practical one, but it's just Carmen yes. in the mm-hmm. in the suit. But I love that they actually made a practical thumb thumb. Yes, and it like worked almost. Like she's walking down the hall like as the thumb thumb. 
uh, and so many like weird optical illusions going on too. Like you think there's this like endless hallway, but there's just a door right there. <laughs> and, and then there's like oh, the best one. I know you'll agree with me is like there's like a fake out when like the parents are infiltrating Floop's base. Yes. <laughs> I, I, that's a sentence I said on this show, folks. The parents are infiltrating Floop's base. Um, <laughs> and like, they, they cr- there's this floor, and it lo- seems like it's like shattering and stuff. And Antonio Banderas, it, it's like it's like puzzle pieces, puzzle pieces crumbling. And Antonio Banderas jumps, as, like thinking he's gonna have to jump this like giant ravine, and it's like he just falls on the thing. <laughs> it's just glass. But later, and his face is stuck on his it. Face is stuck on it. But later on. <laughs> You know, we think, oh, it's just the kid. The you know, okay, the kids are gonna- no, they fall, they fall through. <laughs> the one <that> falls through. <laughs> it's it's literally a giant castle slash fun house. Yes. Like, could you imagine actually living there? Because mm-hmm. I I think Floop lives in that castle. I mean, I would live there. I think. Like I like I. It just makes you think. Like I just imagine all the kid shows that I grew up with. Like, they were actually set in, like, an actual place. Like, I think of Zabubafu, and they actually live in that, like, treehouse area. See, okay, you know what my place would be where I would live? And I think people would agree with me on this. Bear's house in Bear in the Big Blue House. The Blue Bear House. Bear the Big Blue House. That would be, that'd be a great choice. It's because it's it most, like, Bear's, like, such a calm, like, force, you know? Um, he's just reassuring. He's affirming. Like, great guy. Great guy. I... I think I I think this is probably a basic answer, but I'd live on Sesame Street. I mean, so, you know, you know what? Yeah, mm. yeah. I'd live on Sesame Street. I think that'd be pretty cool. That's a fair answer. You know, I'd hang out with uh, Bert and Ernie, the Count. I'd learn. I'd learn so much shit that I probably still need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> like learn how to share, but this is mine. <laughs> learn how learn to have an imagination. Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! But like basically, but, like floops, like there's like technology that they're using that they turn these like OSS agents into like weird, goof, like strange <laughs> creations. Like, like one, like like the, the the most significant one is Mike Judge. Who, if you don't know who Mike Judge is, he's the creator of King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, some of the best animation, some of the best everything. Period ever i love him so much um but uh he he's in the movie as donnegan i think Don, uh, donnegan i think yeah and he and like when he when uh he was turned into one of the fooglies and he's like his mouth is like stretched out to like here and his he's purple he kind of looks like like it's weird yeah you know, like you got to imagine like the art department making those things, just going like, okay, what do we do? Well, let's smush the nose in a little bit. Let's like literally, it feels like a kid was handed a face made of clay and then was just told to like mess with it. Yes, and see what it, see what it looks like. And then when you see it in person, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually kind of terrifying. Yes. Um, it's like when people like show like like Disney characters, uh, but they try to do them real life, and it's actually <laughs> terrifying. You know what's the scariest one? Mm. Small headed Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Disney and you just see an astronaut walking around with a tiny head. You're like, 
No. This does not. No. Maybe Tim Allen had a point. <laughs> no. Why? Why do you make me say that, Disney? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Anyway, oh gosh, that's we're gonna regret that. But anyway, um, nah. No, but you know, I mean, but also like he's being manipulated by his minion. The OG minion. <laughs> Played by Tony Shaloub. Yes. Who, who I, I was funny because I just watched uh, Men in Black because I got the new 4K of it. And he's in that as Jeebs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm like, shout out to Tony Shaloub for playing weird characters and having fun with it. Yes. And so he, play, he plays Minion and when we first meet him, he's got like Mr. Magoo glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when he's finally like done being a minion he takes him off and he's normal you're like oh shit <laughs> he's about to throw down oh my gosh but i i kind of like that like that like these like this movie like i don't say, i don't call the characters are like so flawed as in like oh my god no but like they're like there's like like there's they there's kids they're people they're kids that have like just things like junie has like the warts on his on his fingers and is constantly like bullied like because and he's nervous he's he's belittled because every other movie he would have have at least one friend <laughs> this one. yeah no yeah like like think of like diary of the wimpy kid wimpy kid had a friend ned's declassified school survival guy and he's got some friends he's got two friends yeah yeah he's listen it's a diverse group of friends he's got a you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very progressive. Ned's declassified um, a defining moment in millennial politics, and then of course the the ner- the, the like really dumb like jock guy that just bought a basketball on his finger the whole time. There, there you go. <laughs> that's just that's it. but no, but and then and then Carmen is like, oh, we think she's Miss Perfect. She she does everything like you know. Does everything right? It is. Oh, haha! It's the better sibling. But turns out, turns out, she messes up quite a bit. Messes up quite a bit. Messes up quite a bit. One of the biggest ones is when Terry Hatcher shows up, mm-hmm. and um, she's initially like she's laying it on thick too. That she's clearly like you know mm, something's wrong with this. Something's wrong with this picture. Though normally I would have suspected you know Dean Kane would have been the villain between Superman and Lois, but you know whatever. <laughs> We're getting very political in this episode. Tim Allen, <laughs> Dean Cameron. Oh, what are you going to roll? Are you going to James Woods next? Like, is that your is what you're going for? You going for like a trifecta? I, the triple. I can. You going for the triple crown here, dude? There's no Kentucky Derby. <laughs> oh well, um, I won't say anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> you bet you're not. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> this is what we call bold and reckless on this program Um, this is why i'm a desperado you're more you're you're more a cortez than i am (laughs) oh Oh my god but 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 terry Hatcher, like she reveals some some shit to terry terry hatcher is it am i is it hatcher is it thatcher yeah i think it's terry i think it's i think it's hatcher terry hatcher okay Um, i think so hold on i gotta look at that we're, Look it we're, up. We are unprofessional on this program. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by now, Terry Hatcher, you were right. Okay, woo. Okay, 
uh, did not want to, you know. But she's having a lot of fun in this movie as as this character. Like uh, that's the other. I thing. love I love her new hairdo her at new the end hairdo. of the movie. Everybody <laughs> seemed like they were having a good time on this. Uh, oh my god, on this yes. movie, you know. And you got some big people. Uh, obviously, Antonio Banderas um, is the dad. Um, uh, Carla Cugino is is uh, the mom. She's and great. Listen, I always love to see Carla Cugino in anything. I was pointing this out to you. And this is like because when people talk about character actors, mm-hmm. they're always talking about men. Because like I don't, you don't really ever hear about the the women who are known for like sort of the same thing. Like Richard Jenkins, for example, is known as a character actor. And he periodically will show up in something, and he's like plays this kind of eccentric character, and he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. I think Carla Gugino's very much in that ballpark as well. You know, she's like I remember like she was in. Uh, Again, uh, another Rodriguez movie, Sin City. She plays the, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Parole officer, okay. maybe? Or, like, like, one of those kinds of characters. She she basically is, like, she has a specific role in the first of, the, like, three storylines or something mm-hmm. where she works with Marv, and she plays this really kind of, like, it, she plays kind of a fun character in that. And then she's in uh, a lot. She's been She's in a few Zack Snyder's movies. Yeah. You know, I love like while while Sucker Punch is is a whole a whole thing. <laughs> Admittedly, um, one of my favorite scenes is when her and Oscar Isaac uh, do a uh, cover of um, I forget what the song is, but they do a cover song and it's re- it's actually really good. <laughs> also, um, she's appeared on our our program before um, in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And she plays the the mom in that. She's very good. Yes. <laughs> Things are so, tough all over. Sh- Cupcake. Cupcake. It's <laughs> a great line. And she's recently been working a lot with one of my f- one of my current favorite directors right now, Mike Flanagan. Mm. She's she's in uh I think she's in both season 1 or 2 of House on uh the the Haunting series mm-hmm. that he does. Uh there's Hill House and Bly Manor. Um she's she's incredible. She yep. deserves all the praise. I mean, she's great. George Clooney comes in as the president. <laughs> Listen, I might hate him as Batman, but I do love George Clooney. Yes. In a lot he of might things. be one of our best fictional presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because he's got the bar on his eyes. The bar that he And then he just takes him off. <laughs> but then he puts it back on. It's like, are you ready to do the mission? Not without our parents. <laughs> I like that the kids can make those demands. That's amazing. Because <laughs> our parents are just as important as us. And it's like the kids are so nice for including their parents. <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo um, is also in this. As Oh, so fun fact. So when you think of Danny Trejo and Robert Rodriguez, you might think of the movie Machete, mm-hmm. which is a spinoff of the Grindhouse movies because there was a fake trailer for Machete. Um, but of course... The first time you probably ever saw him play a character named Machete was in this movie because he plays Machete Cortez, aka the brother of Gregorio Cortez, played by Antonio Banderas. And so I th- and I don't know if it's like officially confirmed, but I do remember seeing that Robert Rodriguez said that Machete and Spy Kids take place in the same universe. Mm. See, I was just wondering, is there like a, mach- a machete verse like situation going on? It's just you have like the Spy Kids machete, and then you have like the uh, the Grindhouse machete, and it's just you're like, is it? Because I do believe in the in the sequel, 
both Antonio Banderas and um, what's it? What the heck's the what's the name of the kid? What's what are the, what's the name of the actors that play the kids? We haven't talked about the kids. You know what? That, that that's like bat. This is the Batman. They're the Batman of this. this it's they've, been Batman'd. they've been Batman. <laughs> George Clooney was talking we're, about we're them such before. Hypocrites. Um, <laughs> let me see. They're not even. Uh, they're not even. It's like build. Daryl and. On. Give me a second. I'm so sorry. Uh, Alexa Vega. Alexa Vega. That's right. Um, sorry. And then uh, Daryl Sabara. Okay, so sorry because I know she. I know she shows up in um, Machete Two or Machete Kills as like one of the like these like henchmen or whatever. It's like Sofia Figara and her, and, and then someone else. Right. And but um, and then I think Antonio Banderas shows up for like two seconds until he's killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah. So let's talk about the kids real quick the because. Kids are great. They're the, they're the most important thing of this movie, and they're a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, you know, you could probably say, like, well, kids, you know, because a million things are said about children actors. Yeah. You know, they're, they're always like, oh, well, you know, they're kids, so they're only going to be so good. And, you know, but, and then there's always, like, the exception actors. Like, we think of, like, I think Dakota Fanning is usually considered uh, an exception actor as far as, like, children actors or, like... I'm sure. I'm sure these days people mention like Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things Stranger, or any of the Stranger, Stranger Things, Things kids. kids. Yeah, I mean it's also just hard in general too. They can only work a certain amount of hours a day, and yeah. people there's people debating should we even have child actors? You know, former child actors are talking about this too, where it's like you're having a kid do like work. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no other. There's <laughs> yeah. no. There's not many other professions out there where you're having the kids do that. You know. Yeah. Um but th- I think they're really good um in the movie. Um they're both great. They feel like an actual brother and sister. Yes. Yes. You know, if you had told me that they were brother and sister in real life, I would believe you. Um I would like I still believe it now. I know they're not, but I'm pretty sure they are. You're just like somebody's <laughs> lying to us. There's a conspiracy going on. Like they clearly are related. Um, like there's no question about it. You know, but I, I think I think they pull pull off like the 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 argumentative like brothers and sisters like you know siblings sibling rivalry throwing like insults like at each jerk other. face like because you call me names I'm gonna call you names yeah diaper <laughs> lady <laughs> <laughs> which that was like a great oh it almost felt like a plot twist because like you always assume the younger brothers the pro- the younger sibling is it, the one that wears diapers but it's the older still sibling. like the like the pull ups yeah but it's the older it's sibling the older sibling um. Yeah, that's that's um, you know, that was a wild one. But I think like and they're clearly having a good time. It's like, you know, they're in the, they have the secret lair and they have all these vehicles and gadgets and things. And they also get to they play can rehydrate McDonald's. And they get to play two versions. They get to play two different versions of themselves because they, they there's also a a robot child army. There's yes, yeah, so the act, so the name actually is not so much referring to just the fact that there's kids and there's spies. It's also referring to the fact that there's an army of robots being developed by Minion um, through Floop um, called Spy Kids. Mm-hmm. And the 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 catch is that each of these kids are based on real kids. Like for example, um, uh, what's the? I keep forgetting the actor's name. The uh, Terminator Two, T Two, Liquid, uh, Peacemaker's dad, uh, pa- um, Robert pa- Patrick, Robert Patrick, um, not Robert Patrick. Um, yeah, Robert Patrick. Yeah, yeah. So Robert Patrick, um, who plays like this? I forget who he plays, but he plays a guy. He's like a military. Buy the- con- like he feels yeah. like the one character. Like he's doing a good job, but he feels like the one character. I'm like, are you really in this movie? 
<laughs> like, are you? But I think that's like, a, I th- it's intentional. I th- but it's like it's so funny. <laughs> I, I love the bit when like the robot kids are taking him to like taking him away, and he's like, "Ow, <laughs> ow!" Yeah. <laughs> he says it. He says it the entire time. Like you hear him echo, "Ow!" <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, but there's the, the robot kids, and I think it's also a nice um. Again, we were talking about, like, the commentary of, like, you know, what do kids want? We should ask kids, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, these these robot kids are not, re- they're not real kids, necessarily, you know? Um, yeah. So that there's, there's... Like, it's it's adults saying, this is what we want kids to do. Yes. And they, they're like, oh, they're super strong, they're super athletic. But, like, the kids, they get to do, like, they shoot bubble gum and, like, silly putty cement stuff. Like and like like they got bubbles that are electric. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a, it's a nice commentary on that, uh, but it's also amusing, I think, for kids in the audience to see like kids like capturing adults. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just great. Again, like I feel like like that's I think that's my favorite thing about both of these movies mm. is just that on the surface these are like wacky, yeah, fun movies. One tailored definitely for adults, the other's tailored for kids. And I think that's a very specific thing, tailored for kids, tailored for adults. Because I would never show a kid Desperado. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that. No, no, no. No. But I don't know if I would ever care to show uh, an adult Spy Kids. Cause I, unless, they unless they like grew up, unless it's just you and I watching it, or like somebody you know yeah. who grew up in our generation and watched. Because I feel like there would be people who look back on this and they'd be like, what this was this was a trilogy of movies and then you go yes this was like a this is a series and we're like yeah yes like spy kids felt like it was a big i knew it was a huge deal like and i'll I'll say this much like you know i think i talked about this the 10 minute film schools again and they did he did them for spy kids um i watched the one for spy kids 3d the other day and that was one of my expo- like exposures to like thinking about like the filmmaking process because obviously you talk about Robert Rodriguez, low budget kind of guy. And these movies, I think the highest budgeted one was like the last, like the third one, which was like thirty eight million dollars, which is not, again n- even for back then not a lo- not a tremendous sum of money. not a whole heck of a and, lot. And you know no. you can kind of like these effects aren't like you know. Oh my god! They're not like, whoa, whoa! But yeah, they they serve the story, um, and and they're fun. They're fun. But like he talks about how like for like Spy Kids three, he only had like one green screen set, and it was a certain size, and he and they had to make do with certain things. Um, and they talk about like using the platforms, like moving the platforms in a certain way. You know how like how they move the actors to make it seem like there was more space than there actually was. You know, and I'm sure a lot of that, you know, thought process is going on um, in this movie. Well, yeah, like to, to go back to what I was to my original point, um, I think that feeds into it pretty well. It's just that there's a lot more at play with these movies underneath the surface than we than we initially realized. Because obviously, you watch the movies, um, and uh, you're sorry. I just got distracted because John sent me a message. You're good. <laughs> it is. Happens way too much. Oh God, he's still sending me. John, I love you. I love you dearly. I'll answer your message in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I love that there's just so much more going on because, like, again, you know, like 
Desperado, there's a lot of the story of brotherhood and, you know, like being in a sort of action movie. It almost feels like kind of a weird, like satirical approach in a way, like putting like, uh, like, like taking like a, an over the top action movie, but then at the center of it, you have a guy who, who's like, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of what that sort of plays out, and then sort of the 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 back and forth between the brother and him. Like I even think of just like the transition between like the love scene with Salma Hayek and Antonio Banderas, and it's built very romantic. It's there's sort of um, faded shots with quick cuts, and there's obviously prolonged shots of candles, meant to be very atmospheric, romantic, um, sexual in all the best ways and then it immediately cuts to the brother having a sex scene and it's very like bland one shot he's not even into it and like like she's like done and then like she's trying to kiss him and he just blows cigarette like cigar smoke into her mouth mm-hmm. and she's like oh what the, what is, what is your deal yeah so it's just like like yeah it's you know it's it's those scenes but it's like that transition is sort of a nice example of like you know here's sort of you know these two opposite situations uh, with similar characters. Um, and then with spy kids, it's like, again, the message, what do kids want? Yeah. Well, the best way to find that out is to probably ask a kid because everybody else is like, well, we're just going to guess because we're adults and we know everything. And then you got this one guy floop, uh, just going, what do you want? Yeah. I love that scene, by the way, too, where they're in the That virtual, is a great scene. Virtual. I was saying this to you. It made me think of, like, when Sabu was talking to Rex Ingram as the genie in Thief of Baghdad. And mm-hmm. it's like you have a small, like, boy and then just a giant Alan coming. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's just his name. His name. Okay. Nothing. nothing. It's even spelled that way. It is. Um... I'm sorry, um, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) We're children. Yeah. What do kids want? Really inappropriate jokes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but no, but I think that's a really, uh, really great scene there. I love the opening scene where they tell the story, like where where, uh, Carlo Cugino tells Cugino tells the story of how uh, how her and um, Antonio Banderas met and got married. Uh, (laughs) She's like, I don't know if I should tell you this story. And I love what, and how she tells it, and then like they actually like photograph it the way that she's saying it. So like I love um, when the helicopter comes in at the wedding, and they jump, they base jump off the cliff, and then you see the priest like going you know, yes. doing the, the the cross thing. Yes, <laughs> and I, even like when they when um uh when they do the I do bit or like um said the most dangerous words anyone could say. What'd you say? I said. Or what? What'd she say? She said, "I do." That's so cool. <laughs> oh, that was, that's that's a great. Again, both these movies have incredible intros. Yes, I think they're incredible. That's for sure. They're incredible intros, and I think um, both of them are really, really cool works by um, a filmmaker who people know Robert Rodriguez, of course, and he gets he gets good, they do he gets good work. But you know, I feel like as somebody who doesn't um, always get talked about. Which is weird to that's say. The, that's why I've, I, I think I've been really like wanting to get him on the show. Not that you haven't, but right. I've been really wanting to like figure out a way to get him on the show because I love. I've he was one of the people I grew up with mm-hmm. as far as like filmmakers. It's like 
you know, obviously I started off very much with like Tim Burton and he was like my gateway filmmaker and then going and checking out all these other guys. And, you know, when I obviously spy kids for many people is probably the first movie of his that they ever watched. That's, I know that's mine for sure. But I think it was like Sin City that probably opened the gate a little bit and made me want to see more of his work. Right. And so I went and saw like Desperado and I saw uh, El Mariachi, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and just, you know, I'm always excited whenever I see him attached to anything. Like I know people weren't really in like in love with um, the Boba Fett show, but I genuinely had a good time with it. Yeah. I was excited just knowing that he was involved yeah. with Star Wars. Um and even just Alita, which is his most recent movie, I thought I was a re- I had a really good time with, because he because he he has a very specific way that he that he does his films that is just so unique no matter what it is, and so I always get so excited to see anything that he does. So he he's someone that as much as anybody else deserves to be talked about and deserves the credit and you know especially for a lot of beginner filmmakers because yes. I think he's a great person to follow for that. Yeah, I definitely think if you're if you're somebody looking to like you know make make stuff or you're looking to teach people how to make stuff, I think um, Rodriguez is a good um, is a good go to example for all the reasons that we listed. And you know, again, it shows you if you have the 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 know how and you're creative, you can make some really cool stuff. And I think Robert Rodriguez, as I think we both definitely agree, has made some really cool stuff. That is 100% true, and we will be talking about him again, I'm sure. I'm sure. Fairly soon. Yes, yes. Um, so folks, folks, what's your favorite Robert Rodriguez movie? What's your favorite Spy Kids movie? Uh, what's, what, what is your favorite um, one of... Uh, uh, I don't know what I was going to ask. The Mexico Trilogy? <laughs> sure, yeah. What's your favorite entry in the Mexico Trilogy? Um, you know, if anything else you want to say to us... Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, if you want to message, message us, um, we each have a letterbox, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, currently, we are putting out episodes weekly, so make sure, yes. make sure to check us out. Oh, you're and, gonna, yeah. and I do want to reiterate that we are on Stitcher and TuneIn now. Yes, in addition, um, to, so, um, in addition to Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. So, um, if you want to check us out on those platforms, or if that's just something that's easier access for you as opposed to the ones that we're already on, by all means. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like when then um, when I, when it was put on Stitcher, like, and I put it in our link tree, and I linked down, it says like through Stitcher, it got put on a whole bunch of other things. I guess that's the case. So, <laughs> so I guess I guess we can say you know we're available wherever to you get your podcasts. More or less. More, more or less. Yeah, yeah. So you know, hey, we're we're out there. So give us give us a listen if you'd like to. And uh, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. Make sure to check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone.
That's my spirit animal, it's Judy Cortez. Bold and reckless criminal.